Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self at the same time. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and nutrition and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you, and I know that you're in exactly the right place to turn that ship around and build a body you love inside and out. So let's go. Very excited for this episode today. I'm going to be doing something different and I want to call this episode, Be a Quote Unquote That Girl fitness edition, my top paradigm shifts. And before I get into the episode, I just want to explain where this idea came from. So it actually came from an infographic I created this week for Instagram, which I may have posted by the time you're listening to this, but I was really thinking about what are the common beliefs that we are leaning into when we are using, you know, training and nutrition really as a means of helping us to fill a hole in our worthiness, right? And it's coming from, unfortunately, and I'll just be really honest, like a a pretty sad place. And again, you know, I've been there. If if you are new to my podcast, then absolutely welcome. But if you've listened to any other episodes, you know that I struggled for so long with body image and the way I was using, you know, training and nutrition wasn't for my greater good or health. And I do see that a lot out there, you know, in the social media world out there back when I, you know, was working in the gym when we weren't in lockdown on the gym floor, just talking to women and, you know, through clients, through new clients that are coming to me as well. So this might seem a little bit strange if you haven't heard of, you know, quote unquote, that girl, what that girl means. So, you know what, I got out Urban Dictionary, Old Faithful Urban Dictionary and typed in that girl. And I'm going to read you out what what that girl refers to when people are talking about it. So if you're not on TikTok, you might not have heard this reference. It is seeping into the Instagram world, but I'll read it out for you. So it's known mostly on TikTok. That girl is a girl that gets up at 5 a.m., meditates, drinks smoothies, has showers every day. Well, that's a weird one. Hopefully everyone's having a shower every day. <laughs> Journaling, eating only healthy food, goes to the gym every day and is successful in many ways, right? And you can see this really permeating through TikTok culture. It's like the, you know, the girl to be, she's that girl. And people talk about wanting to be that girl. I think it kind of coincides a little bit with, you might've heard of hot girl summer. I feel like I'm so old saying all these phrases. (laughs) I'm 34 and maybe that is starting to get old now, (laughs) but you might've heard of like hot girl summer. And I've seen some, you know, some posts on Instagram where people are like, you know, fuck that. And no, that's amazing. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it and all these sorts of things. And it's like, you know, how are we defining, how are we defining these phrases that we're using? But today I wanted to focus on, you know, be that girl fitness edition. And I want to do this in a couple of ways. First of all, I think I want to talk about the typical traps that someone who's trying to be that girl might fall into. But then actually when we really, really embody the the traits of someone who's like healthy and happy both inside and out, 
you know, that's what I think a real that girl is. And as I was thinking about doing this podcast yesterday, I thought it would be really, really important to highlight again, it does not matter what you look like from the outside, really. If you aren't happy within yourself, it won't matter. And I definitely had personal experience with this, you know, in terms of getting those comments of like, you know, body goals and all of that stuff on Instagram and just from the outside people complimenting me like, oh, you're so driven, you're so this, you're so that, you're so athletic, blah, 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 blah. And this is back in like 2016-ish when I was doing my prep for my bodybuilding competition. Man, oh, man, like, you know, the sacrifice to health that happened for me back at that time, it just doesn't reflect, you know, it's it didn't match up with the things people were saying to me and I didn't feel... Uh, about myself, uh, how the compliments were coming in, right? So when I'm going through this, none of this is about looking a certain way for everyone else, for outside appearances, really. And, and this is something that's sunk in so much and is it's sinking in more and more every week for me. So much of what we see is smoke and mirrors and we compare ourselves and hold ourselves up to standards that we've created, a little fantasy in our own mind about other people, how other people feel, what their day is like, you know, how easy their life is. And we don't realise we've created a fantasy land in our own head about them and we've projected that onto that person. We're all human. We all have ups and downs. We all have struggles. And I just think it is really, really important that I'm hoping this podcast by going through the top five paradigm shifts. And you know what's hilarious? I've just realized I've written top five and I've only got four on the notes in front of me. (laughs) Who cares? Recovering perfectionists unite. It doesn't matter. I've made a mistake, whatever. But yeah, I just wanted to reiterate how important it is to make sure we're doing all of these things for us, for our health our physical health our mental health our emotional health and none of this is about just appearances or superficial layers because that stuff leaves you feeling empty af all right let's get into not five but four so number one this is a huge one more training volume is better now i don't think i would have worded this back when i was falling into these traps worded this like this when I was falling into these traps myself, I probably would have said more activity is better, more exercise is better, more classes are better. Anything that I can do to move more is going to be better. But potentially, you know, this was quite a while ago where training in the gym wasn't as popular as as it is now. So maybe this, this language is being used that I need to do more sets I need to do more sets every single week than all of the other girls in the gym so that I can make more progress, okay? Now, this is false, and I'm going to run you through a few of the reasons why and then what what is better. So specific training volume, and I'm I'm going to largely keep this to hypertrophy training. I, I know I have a couple of people who are into strength training or I'll say powerlifting rather than strength, powerlifting style training where the volume can be a lot lower, well, is a lot lower during, during the season, during off season, it may get higher, of course, but especially during a season, during a prep, 
Uh, and of course, during peak, volume is significantly lower than something like hypertrophy training. So I will pretty much just talk about hypertrophy training. So you can assume that unless I say otherwise, that's what I'm talking about. But when we're looking at, you know, how many sets per week, even per session, should someone be doing? So say my clients, when they come to me for programming, you know, what am I looking at? You know, first of all, we have to look at their goals. So it has to be really, really specific to their goals. So for example, I've just uh, indicated the differences between, you know, something like powerlifting prep versus, you know, general muscle growth. Uh, general muscle growth typically will be, you know, higher, higher amount of sets, higher amount of volume per week than someone during, you know, doing a powerlifting prep. And, and I'll just give you some comparisons. You know, it might be, I typically program for my women anywhere from maybe 80, maybe up to 100. I haven't done 100, 100 sets for anyone for actually quite a while because everyone has just been getting amazing results and uh, and being able to recover really well on around the 85, to, uh, sorry, the 80 to 90 mark. So I'm finding that for, for my clients, it's a really good sweet spot without killing anyone. Uh, but, you know, with powerlifting preps, that could be, and I've been a little bit out of the game for a little while, but, you know, something like maybe 60 sets or something. So you can see there's quite a big difference in sets per week between, between the two. Okay, so goals. We're also needing to look at, um, whether the person is female or male, females can handle a little bit more volume than men. Um, whether someone is shorter or taller, that our shorties can tend to handle a little bit more volume than uh, taller people. And if you think of like the range that someone has to lift a load, if they have really long limbs, you know, the range of lifting is going to be uh, longer, therefore more fatiguing on the physique. You know, me, what if I do, like not that I'm sumo deadlifting, but if I do a sumo deadlifting, I basically have to lift the bar three inches off the floor, right? <laughs> you know, less fatiguing on my physique. And we have, you know, training age. And then, you know, other issues that relate to recovery, which can include, you know, lifestyle what someone is doing for work all of these things are super super important in terms of allocating how many sets per week is appropriate for a person but then you know what as a coach we can only test it so we can put together a program that we believe is our client is going to be able to recover from but especially you know in the first week or first training block we have to see if the if the person can actually recover from this training volume and you know if if the person is constantly sore or if you notice you're constantly sore like week in week out you're really struggling with fatigue and brain fog and irritability and you know lack of sleep all of those kinds of things it could very well be that your training volume is far too high and you know training is a stressor. It's a stressor that, you know, we're, we're seeking out on purpose to obtain a specific adaptation, but it, it, is a still, it is still a stressor that has to be accounted for. Uh, even, you know, loss of a menstrual cycle can be a sign that we've pushed volume training, uh, sorry, volume too high for a person. So you can see that it's not just, yeah, yeah, let's, you know, add in, you know, three classes a day and, and do them five days a week. And even on my rest days, I'm going to go hike, you know, three mountains. Uh, no, we, <laughs> we're just going to be unable to recover from all of this stuff. And 
I think sometimes this really does stem from fear, fear of potentially, you know, a lack of physique results, potentially a fear of gaining weight, potentially a fear of not keeping up with the other girls. There's, you know, competitive fears, uh, a, a lot of things that go into why we are constantly craving doing more. But when we understand that, you know, volume is really about what, what is the least amount of work we can do whilst getting a really good result? It's such a paradigm shift. And that's why I wanted to start with it because, you know, typically, and like I said, I've done this before, you know, you're doing back-to-back classes, you're doing your own cardio, you might even also be doing, doing your own lifting. And what the hell, you know, you're wondering why you're not making progress. Why does your physique not really change year to year and potentially you feel like it's getting worse or it looks like it's getting worse? Have a look at your training volume and ask yourself, what goal am I trying to achieve? Do I actually know if my training volume lines up with the goals that I'm trying to achieve? <laughs> or am I just throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping something sticks? Because if if that's you, it's a big sign to reassess your training volume and only do what you need to do. Ensure that you can do that at a high, high standard and you're going to get much better and faster results. And I'm not saying, you know, fast results for muscle growth, especially for women, you know, unassisted women, it can be a bit of a hard slog, right? You know, we have to eat a lot of food uh, for us to get there, which a lot lot of women, you know, don't love the idea of doing. With that can come some body fat gain, uh, but it will put us in a better position to build muscle mass more efficiently, but it still takes time and we won't see we won't see the gains, you know, in the mirror every single week. We'll notice them over a period of months. And yes, you know, we'll notice our training programs. We'll probably be bossing the shit out of our training programs and we'll be able to see our overall total volume lifted, you know, week in, week out, improving over programs. But in terms of aesthetics, you know, physique changes, it's slow. So that is the first one. And I think I explained in that where we should instead, which is understanding the volume that is specific to our goals and what we can recover from is the way to go. All right. So number two is limiting food year round or following food trends. And fuck me, this is huge, isn't it? So limiting food year round That is the, you know, waking up most days, attempting to eat in a calorie deficit, attempting to restrict foods. Typically, this is to do with being fearful of gaining weight, worried about our appearance. It can stem from issues with scale weight. It can also be with a preoccupation of getting down to a particular scale weight or believing that if we are leaner, if we are lighter, then we're showing the ultimate sign of progress. Now, the the other thing I wanted to talk about with this is the following food trends, which I don't know that I've heard anyone else speak before, but I've seen it quite a lot, which is either following a very popular particular diet that demonizes a certain food group or watching (laughs) particular social media platforms and the way influencers are presenting their meals 
and believing that you need to do that to be, <laughs> to be that girl. I was going to say to be quote unquote healthy, but let's keep it with the theme of the podcast. So for example, do you think that you need to have an aesthetic bowl of oats with chia seeds and fruit and nut butters every morning for breakfast? Not because you really love it, but because you believe that that means that you are that girl if you have it, right? Do you fall into the trap of quitting certain food groups or cutting out certain food groups because you believe that if you do that, then you will be, you know, this girl. This is what this kind of girl does. And the issue with this is the lack of evidence that supports these positions. And here at the Glam Body Project, which is the online coaching that I run, we don't do shit that just sounds good if it's not backed by evidence. We don't do that sort of shit. Um, And look, can I just say, of course, again, if you've listened to the podcasts before, you know, I've done all of this stupid stuff. (laughs) But this is a really, really important one because, number one, I think it, it makes fitness seem like it's all that more out of reach for people because, well, if I'm not doing the acai bowls, if I'm not doing these oat bowls, if I'm not making these, you know, green smoothie, whatever, then I'm not worthy of also, you know, looking after my health in other areas. I'm not worthy of going to the gym. I'm not worthy of getting a gym program. I'm not there yet. I need to be doing all of these things first and then I'll be worthy of, xyz right and i'm all about i'm all you guys know i'm all about manifestation visualization and you know doing the things that the people would be doing right but we have to ask ourselves who who's actually successful and who looks successful because like i said in the intro we don't want to just look successful we don't want smoke and mirrors success it's fucking meaningless and it will leave you feeling more empty We want true success, which can be very quiet sometimes. And I'm not that kind of girl who says to just shut up and, 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 you know, and work quietly behind the scenes and, you know, don't tell anyone about your achievements. I really don't buy into that sort of thing. If you are really excited and proud of what you're doing, fucking, I think you should be telling Will. I'm not a, you know, hustle in the shadows kind of, uh, I don't think like that. But I do think that it is really, really important that we're looking to perhaps people we know who we honestly know when we're in their energy, we truly know, you know, they have plenty of energy, they are human, they have struggles, they navigate them really constructively (laughs) and are able to support themselves, the women who are their hype girls. And I think that, you know, especially with social media, Unfortunately, we're just seeing, you know, curated feeds where even when we see people's struggles, we're seeing what, of course, what they want to show us. And I'm no different. I don't know that we can escape this on social media, you know, unless we have like a full, like a live 24 hour camera on us, like we have to curate what we're putting out there. Right. And so this is where I think role models that you might look to in real life maybe you will look to you know joining some communities and and being physically in the energy of women that uh, you believe you know both inside and out you know behind closed doors they're walking the walk right so I think that that is really really important but this one came up because I did have a conversation recently with someone who was talking to me about some food sensitivity she had and, and I just want to preface this I'm not a dietitian but she was talking to me about some food sensitivities and, and I asked her when you know had she always had them and she said no you know they came about 
a couple of years ago when after I cut out a particular food group for months following a, a celebrity thing and then when I tried to reintroduce them, my body was just not having any of it. And it's true. Like if we don't have a particular food, our body, our digestive enzymes aren't used to, you know, dealing with that particular food. And if we do things because we're, you know, hopefully we're like, I imagine sometimes it's like we're looking for that silver bullet that will be, if I do this one thing, then my whole life will change. If I, if I restrict this one food, then everything's going to be different. We can fuck ourselves right up. So I wouldn't do anything that we don't need to do. If you don't have a food sensitivity, don't cut out that food group, (laughs) right? It's really, really important, I think, that we're looking after ourselves. So getting back to the paradigm shift, it's going from limiting food year-round or following food trends to eating enough to support our physical, mental, emotional health and our goals you know if we have specific goals and more often than not a lot of you that will be listening even if you don't care too much about building muscle you're probably going to have performance goals I imagine most of the women listening to this podcast you're either trying to build muscle or you have performance goals right whether it's strength or you know running or whatever you're gonna have to eat plenty of damn food to fuel those to be your best right So let's change it from limiting food year round to very rarely limiting food, very rarely, maybe once every two years, should we want to do a deficit phase to lose a bit of body fat, but otherwise we should at the very least be eating at maintenance. And this is to support muscle growth, to support performance, to support uh, mental and physical health. So it is a huge paradigm shift. And if you're getting the... I don't think I can do that. I'm you, maybe you're feeling like a bit triggered. Maybe you're feeling quite tense around me even talking. Maybe, well, if you've turned it off, then you're not going to hear this, are you? But if you're thinking about turning it off after this one, you know, maybe it is just a, a bit of a mirror or a bit of a sign that maybe I need to consider what would it actually be like if for once I got it out of my head that I don't need to restrict my food. Like what would that, what would happen? You know, what would happen? Could I try? Could I say set myself a limit of six months? And if it doesn't work and I hate it, I can go back to doing what I was doing. The third paradigm shift starts with heavier. If I'm heavier, it must mean my physique is worse. So if I'm heavier, I must look worse. And that's the belief, right? And the shift that we're looking at here is our scale weight does not purely reflect levels of body fat. And when people are thinking about, well, heavier must mean I'm going to have a worse physique, it's typically because they're feeling like, well, if I have more body fat, I'm not going to like what I see in the mirror, right? But our scale weight is not a pure reflection of how much body fat we have. There's so much that goes into our scale weight. And even if you're you know, talking beyond acute fluctuations, One of the coolest things in the world is seeing, and there's plenty of evidence actually on the socials, and and this is one of the reasons, you know, there are lots of reasons to love socials, and one of the reasons I love socials is we do see this, and I feel like this movement is getting much, 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 or is gaining momentum, seeing amazing, amazing images of women who are fucking strong and lean, athletic, healthy, and they're up 5, 10, 12, 15 kilos. 
And it's the, it's the damn coolest thing ever because it's evidence that our scale weight doesn't tell us how we look. It doesn't tell us how we look, right? It, it's a measure of so many different things like, you know, um, lean body mass, body fat, water, uh, glycogen stored in skeletal muscle, blood. <laughs> like there's so many things that go into our scale weight. And I think it is the coolest thing ever when we realize, and, and some of you listening might have these, some of you listening might have those photos from, you know, 10, 12 years ago uh, where you were quite light, quite small perhaps. I know this is the case for me. And maybe, maybe you still weigh the same and look totally different or maybe you are one of the women who has, you know, gained five 5, 10, 15, 20 kilos and you actually like physically you think, you know, you look way better. You've obviously got heaps more muscle mass. Your whole body composition has changed and it can be one of those, you know, I don't believe it unless I see it moments if, if you haven't ever seen, you know, any examples of this. But I've seen it across the board with my clients. I've seen it personally, you know, you can weigh exactly the same, even exactly the same, and look totally different. And the biggest piece of this is having followed some kind of resistance training program. Typically, it's for a matter of a couple of years at least, minimum. So these, these big physique changes that we're seeing didn't happen in six weeks. They didn't happen in 12 weeks. They didn't even happen in six months. Most of the time when someone is either weighing the same and looks totally different or heavier and, you know, they look leaner even though they're way heavier, it's years and years and years of work, right? And so let's stop, you know, let's again, let's stop comparing other women's journeys to our own. And another point I wanted to make here is let's not make ourselves this, you know, evil human if we've been on and off the bandwagon right it is just what it is and if you do want these results we have to be consistent over time and if we've chosen not to be for whatever reason well okay we have chosen to do that and we've got the results of where we're at right now we can change that at any time we want we can make a decision to change at any any time we want and that lies with you and we don't need to make it mean anything about us that we're a bad person that we're xyz that you know feeling lots of guilt and shame those sorts of things will only prevent progress so what we need to do is we need to accept absolutely where we are at the moment that we're inspired by potentially you know some of these results that we're seeing and that we decide also to take action that aligns with those outcomes that we desire and value right so that was number three. And the last one, the last paradigm shift is training is a means to burn calories. So again, I mean, I've done all of these, but again, if you know deep down in your soul that every time you go into a session, you're setting your Apple Watch and making sure that you burn a certain amount of calories, if you're looking at your Apple Watch and being like, oh, it mustn't have been a successful session because I didn't burn that many calories today, any of those sorts of things, I'm sorry to say, but it's a real red flag. Unless you have been specifically given a cardio session, a cardio session to burn a certain amount of calories, which probably would only really happen 
in maybe uh, physique competitors where, you know, if we're eating less, our meat drops, our body just tries to conserve energy. So our meat drops. So a coach might allocate you a certain amount of calories burned just to make sure we're making up for that lack of meat that comes with, you know, being fed little, a little less. That was a bit of a sidetrack, but I just wanted to make sure that like cardio with a specific amount of calories burned when you're very, very lean uh, and potentially have had like quite a bit of metabolic adaptation is a totally different kettle of fish, typically reserved for competitors only. But if, if we're trying to train and burn a certain amount of calories, another red flag, right? It's not what we're trying to do, and it could it could be a symptom of an, one of the other issues that I've spoken about today, you know, worthiness, issues with, you know, body image, issues with self-confidence, uh, all of those sorts of things. And, and if that is the case, you know, I'd highly recommend speaking to someone qualified to talk about these things. I had... Uh, Sammy Rose on the other week. She would be, you know, someone to speak to. Uh, she's a, a qualified counselor. Uh, you may have been, um, or you may know a psychologist who potentially is referred from a friend or something like that. But if these issues are really weighing you down, do seek help, do seek help. It is really, really important to do that. I'm not saying everyone who deals with these issues has to seek help because I'll be really honest with you. I actually didn't for any of these. <laughs> I've done all of these things and I actually didn't. I did, you know, just did my own reading, did my own personal reflections, got sick of myself <laughs> and decided to change. Right. But sometimes people do really, really well with support and, I think it is, you know, again, another benefit of social media. We can connect with experts in these fields. It seems like pretty fast these days, which is really, really cool. But what do we want to see training for? Well, what training, what are you trying to train to achieve? What outcome are you trying to get? You know, what performance goal? Uh, is it an aesthetic goal like myself? Like I love training to build muscle. Uh, you know, is it to get stronger? What is your performance goal that you're trying to achieve? And let's focus on fucking high quality sessions. Use that as your metric for success, not how many calories you burn. How many calories you burn tells you nothing about your training performance. It doesn't tell you how good your form was. It doesn't tell you how strong you were. It doesn't tell you if you're progressively overloading. See, it doesn't tell you all of these things. And it can be the same with wanting to sweat and feeling like you, quote unquote, feeling like you've made progress because you sweat. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? I could go sitting in a freaking hot shower and sweat my ass off. And it's like, I haven't done anything worthwhile. <laughs> Just dehydrated myself. That's all I have done. Yeah. So uh, again, it is really, really important to, you know, if you notice this, don't take it personally. You know, if we self-identify, if we identify really strongly with any of these things and someone says something that's against it, it's going to feel like someone's really having a, a personal attack at us. No one is, and again, I think that's another really good sign that maybe there's some work to be done. Uh, very, very human trait. It's a very, very human thing to identify with things. <laughs> you know, our ego loves to do it, okay? It's totally normal, nothing to worry about, but it's just a sign, like, what is this identification doing? Is it actually helping me move towards my goals or is it actually hindering everything and I'm feeling shit about myself, <laughs> right? So I think... Coming to the end of this episode, I'm getting slightly worked up. If you're in my Facebook group, Building Bodies and Muscle We Love with Amy Louise and you watch my lives or you participate in my lives, which I do three times a month, you'll know how excited I get. 
So this won't be this won't be new to you, but I tend to get a little bit excited when we're talking about these things, only because you know I've been there, done that, I've done every stupid thing under the sun and more. I've come out the other side. I'm now coaching women to really get their lives back, <laughs> to start enjoying life again, and look amazing. They really believe, you know, they look amazing. And, you know, it doesn't want to matter what I think, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, but as long as, you know, how we see ourselves is important. The things we believe to be true about ourselves and the world around us is what's really important. That's our reality. You know, that's our reality. We each have our own reality. I won't go off into uh, <laughs> into the depths of any existential speak right now, as I can see it's happening. But I've absolutely loved recording this episode. I'll be putting an infographic up soon. Maybe it's already up talking about this. But I hope it has really given you what being that girl really is, not a smoke and mirrors version, not what it looks like on the outside, but what it can really really, really be and far out the, the fulfillment, the pleasure, the joy, the real sense of wholeness that comes with stepping into this version of of real mental health, real physical health, real emotional health, showing up every day in a way that is authentic to us and that we love. It's it's a bloody life changer and I hope you've loved this episode. If you have, I would super, super, super appreciate if, you know, you screenshot the the episode that you're listening to and, you know, post it on your social media and give me a tag. I would also appreciate if you send me a message and let me know what you thought that would be amazing. I don't have any spots open just at the moment for my online coaching, which is the Glam Body Project. I think I'm going to be opening spots soon. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But if you do want to jump on the wait list, you can click the link in my Instagram bio to put your name down. And like I said, hopefully I'm going to be opening some spots soon. We shall see. And I also have Growth Phase, which is my six-week education course designed for women who really want to focus on building muscle you want to let go of worrying about eating more or about gaining you know scale weight about all of your progress going to hell through eating more I'm going to be going through mechanisms of muscle hypertrophy I'm going to be talking about setting your environment up to specifically support muscle growth I'm going to be talking about female physiology and how that impacts muscle growth but how we can use our female phys to our advantage I'm going to be talking about nutrition to support growth phases and then how do we measure and track our physique to uh, properly prescribed nutrition and then of course we're going to be going through all of the mindset stuff so a lot of the stuff of what I've spoken about today but also how do we build and design our character our avatar that is a fucking boss bitch (laughs) and you know how do we how do we build that and then live into her every single day right so I'm super excited for that again if you want to jump into growth phase if you want some more information DM me on Insta it's going to be the best place to find me my handle is at amy a-i-m-double-e louise l-o-u-i-s-e coaching i hope you all love this episode i absolutely love podcasting and i'll see you in the next one